Isaiah chapter 51, verse 12 through 23. I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies, of the son of man who is made like grass, and have forgotten the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundation of the earth, and you fear continually all the day because of the wrath of the oppressor when he sets himself to destroy? And where is the wrath of the oppressor? He who is bowed down shall speedily be released. He shall not die and go to the pit, neither shall his bread be lacking. I am the Lord your God, who stirs up the seas so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I have put my word in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand, establishing the heavens and laying the foundations of the earth and saying to Zion, you are my people. Wake yourself, wake yourself. Stand up, O Jerusalem, you who have drunk from the hand of the Lord, the cup of his wrath, who have drunk to the dregs, the bowl, the cup of staggering. There is none to guide her among all the sons that she has borne. And there is none to take her by the hand among all the sons that she has brought up. These two things have happened to you. Who will console you? Devastation and destruction and famine and sword? Who will comfort you? Your sons have fainted. They live at the head of every street like an antelope in a net. They are full of the wrath of the Lord, the rebuke of your God. Therefore, hear this, you who are afflicted, who are drunk, but not with wine. Thus says the Lord, the Lord God, your God, who pleads the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken from your hand the cup of staggering. The bowl of my wrath you shall drink no more, and I will put it into the hand. I will put it into the hand of your tormentors who have said to you, bow down that we may pass over and you may have your back like the ground and the street for them to pass over. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Well, man, interesting passage. Absolutely. Um, God is basically saying to them, don't you see that I'm punishing you? <laughs> yeah. But then he says the punishment will be over because in a sense, he's saying, I will be punished. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to take on the punishment. So I think that's interesting. He's saying, don't doubt me just because you're suffering or you're mm -hmm. going to suffer. Mm -hmm. Because it's me who's, you know, making you suffer, mm -hmm. who's making you drink the, the wrath of God of the dregs. Mm -hmm. But then your suffering will end because I will suffer. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting passage. And I think, actually, if you can understand this passage, you can understand the gospel. Absolutely. So let's dive in. Yeah. Will, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I think that this is actually a very key image that is very, very important for the rest of the Bible. And we do something most Sundays that is actually kind of built upon this foundation. So the cup of the Lord's wrath, um, it, it's a very prominent theme in the prophets, obviously Isaiah is talking about it here, or yeah, Isaiah is talking about it here. And, you know, wine is a very two-sided image in the Bible because in one sense, 
Uh, it can represent joy and relief. You know, you've given wine to gladden the hearts of men, passages right. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in our sense, there's these prophetic passages where uh, the Lord uses the image of intoxication with wine as his wrath overcoming people right. and making them fools, making them stagger, uh, you know, as too much wine does. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all seen it. And so, you know, Isaiah is talking about it here. Another uh, passage is Jeremiah 25, thus says, or thus the Lord said to me, Jeremiah, take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. And so it's similar. There's a cup of wrath that Israel or Judah is being forced to drink, but it's also going to go out into all of the world. But then this is where it gets really interesting. So John 18, 11, it's after that moment where Peter attacks right, yeah, you know, yeah, the slave yeah. of, uh, you know, one of the people right. uh, arresting Jesus. And Jesus turns to him and says, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the father has given me? And so basically what is happening in the great exchange of the gospel is the cup, you know, this cup that is moving from nation to nation. And we see that as, you know, Babylon takes the cup and they fall to the Persians and right. the Persians fall to the Greeks. You know, the the wrath, the ruin, it moves nation to nation. But then a strange, unexpected thing happens in the New Testament, which is that God gives himself, he gives Christ the cup of wrath. And that's not it. But before taking the cup of wrath, or really as he's taking the cup of wrath, he gets with his disciples in a private room and he extends to them wine. Right, yeah. He, he extends to them a cup of joy to remember his work and he tells them do this in remembrance of me remember what i'm doing for you remember the cup of wrath that i'm drinking from you obviously peter doesn't get it in the moment probably none of them do but it's something that continues to sink in and that is what makes communion this amazingly powerful thing is it's not just looking forward to the heavenly feast though it definitely is but what we're saying is jesus took the cup of wrath this, this cup of staggering in Isaiah 51 and Jeremiah 25, and he extends to us instead a cup of joy right, and feasting. Yeah. And, 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 and both are happening when we, when we take the communion meal. Right? Yeah. And I often say this, it's to look forward to, you know, I love the line in Jordan's song, we will feast in endless joy, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a look forward to that. I like to think about that side of communion. Absolutely. But it's also, <clears throat> I look back, to Jesus drinking the cup of wrath on our behalf, his blood being spilled and totally shed on our behalf so that we no longer have to drink this cup. Now, here's the deal. This is the amazing thing to think about, is how much does Jesus love us? This is why we can like take the cup with joy, even though it's about this horrible thing that has happened. How much does Jesus love us to take the the cup in our place. Mm. I mean, how, how much you have to love somebody to take on the wrath of God, you know, uh, you know, Spurgeon has got this great, uh, quote where he says in one tremendous drought of love or draft of love, yeah, he drank damnation dry. 
you know, and there's one this, of the greatest quotes. Oh ever. gosh. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, Jesus just, you know, I mean, I think of Spurgeon. I, I, I think what was Spurgeon imagining when he said like draft of love and I, guarantee you it's like somebody like throwing back a pint of beer and like yeah, yeah. totally trying it out but like <laughs> yeah yeah like he's just thinking like there was this there was a cup um it was the wrath of god it was and and jesus in love drank it dry mm. and what that means uh, of course is will the cup is dry mm. you know i mean to your point like th- like this cup being passed from nation to nation to nation is terrifying yeah well what if the cup was dry what if there is no damnation in this cup what yeah. if what if it's been drunk down to the dregs yeah um where there there is now no condemnation yeah for those who are in christ jesus amen and so uh, yeah i mean this is like one of these passages where to your point like maybe even the disciples didn't get it maybe you've read this passage and didn't get it but if you do get it it's an amazing it it, it, it will explode something in your mind and your heart toward how deep and wide and amazing the love of Christ is for his church. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's another point to why understanding the little nooks and crannies like this of the Old Testament is so powerful. Because one of the things that I used to struggle with was, you know, the Old Testament, It's so it just seems and feels so different than the New Testament. And, like, there's just this question that I wrestled with of, you know, after Jesus came and went, did guys like Paul just kind of come along and like make up theology to like fit the bill that they just started to teach? Right. But, you know, I'm so glad you quoted because my mind also went straight to Romans 8 1. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What you see when you know the Old Testament and read the New Testament is that the biblical authors, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they weren't like coming up with brand new novel concepts right, that God right. had been hiding, but they're piecing together under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they're piecing together. Like that's what, that's what God was saying hundreds of years ago through exactly. Isaiah. And so it's so powerful. Like the plan for the fullness of time was that for God's people, this day would come where there would be no condemnation. He would drink condemnation dry. He would swallow up death forever. Yeah. I mean, and again, I mean, I know we've talked about this before and I, I don't mean to like, you know, speak ill of like Andy Stanley or whatever, but like th- this whole, like, unhitching the old testament like i i kind of think that andy's is like i really don't actually believe that like there's there's no way he could stand behind yeah book. yeah he's he's got to be smarter than that i mean he is dispensational so but like the the point is there's just no way like i i i i don't i don't mean to disparage him because i actually think he is a very smart person so it's like there's no way you can actually know the bible and believe mm-hmm. that um and so i don't know why what his motivation was for writing that but like this is why I think what we're doing right here, studying the book of Isaiah is so important to the Christian life because you have to have the new Testament to make sense of the old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can't unhitch one from the other, right? If you, if you unhitch the new Testament, you know, to use that language, mm-hmm. then you miss it. You miss it all. Um, you get kind of a confused Judaism, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you unhitch the old Testament, I don't know what you get. You know, you probably get some sort of Gnosticism. I mean, but the 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 beauty of scripture is that you know no it is one cohesive whole and to your point you know these new testament writers like paul it's 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 actually through them now that we can actually understand what was isaiah talking about mm. when he said that god would take this cup like what what did that mean 
Well, now we know what it means. And it was completed and finished in the life of Jesus Christ. You know, Mm -hmm. he who knew no sin became sin Mm -hmm. so that in him, we might become sinless. We might become the very righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. Well, good stuff, man. Uh, we we're going to continue the, the journey of Isaiah. The fun is not done. Gosh, the and you know what? We got some done. really really good stuff coming up. We do. You know, tomorrow's section. Hopefully, I'll listen to these in the morning, and it begins with the words "Awake." Um, yeah. Set and so your hopefully, you're waking up, you but you're being awakened to the truth of God and to into the plans of God. So for Will Carlisle, I'm Jason Dees, and we'll see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404 465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.